This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Good to see all of uh, you look at your neighbor and say, man, you made it. You look so good today here in the house of God. No better place to be. Amen. No place we'd rather be. Oh, I know there's a lot going on. There are a lot of people that forsake the assembling for one reason or another. You know, but uh, when, uh, you know, when we come together, it's a powerful thing. And I think that uh, just like a... You know, we have children, grandchildren, and uh, uh, I caught this from my mom. You know, she um, she loved having her family around her, and every time, uh, you know, you talk to her, most of the time she talks about um, the family coming together like in the old days. means so much to her, and I think that that's the heart of God, that it... He just loves seeing you at his table. He loves seeing his family get together. And, you know, sometimes uh, God's a people watcher. Did you know that? God just watches people. He loves to watch people. It brings him the greatest joy ever just to, you know, I think many, many times he'll uh, he'll just poke the angel and say, look at that one right there now. I'll tell you what, they are... are they are, I'm especially fond of them, amen? How many of you know that God's especially fond of you today? He loves you greatly. I uh, want to um, give you an opportunity. There, um, there is a, a good work uh, that Passion Church is doing. Of course, last week we talked about missions, and, you know, we're in the nations of the world uh, for spiritual reasons, but in very practical, very practical ways. That's important. Very important uh, to God. We need to be feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, doing things that are practical for people as a platform to uh, tell them, not just tell them, but show them that there's a God who is good and who loves them. Uh, One of the the, uh, furthering project here, uh, not um, we're global, but also local, and we do both with this is over is online and over the uh, platforms of uh, social media, the internet. Um, we uh, we film with uh, with just uh, a simple camera, uh, John uh, his camera uh, on his phone, and uh, uh, I believe that we should use what we have. Uh, while we work towards what we want, and there, uh, there's a, a project that we have going for all of the uh, the churches. Uh, you know, this is one church, but in multiple locations, there are three other campuses, and we want to expand our online presence. And of course, we want to do that with uh, excellence. So there's a uh, there's a particular camera uh, and outfit and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's beyond uh, my understanding. Uh, but the price tag, I think, is around $2,800, something like that. And so, Pastor, what are you asking? I'm just simply asking you pray 
uh, about that and obey if the Lord if the Lord speaks to you about it, if your heart's stirred up towards that, then there's opportunity. You can just mark that as a media uh, project, and when the funds uh, come in, then we'll you know we'll take uh, um, we'll take that and purchase the equipment. And there are great plans for that. They're going to uh, expand, like I said, the online offering that we have all uh, that we have already. And add some wonderful things uh, to it as well. So let's get down to uh, uh, the Word of God that's at hand. We're in the middle of a series that we do every year. Uh, well, this is the second. Uh, this is the second. Pastor Sandy um, ministered wonderfully last uh, week. The uh, first message of "I Love My Church," and uh, we're going to continue with the uh, um, with the second one. You know, every year. Uh, it's the same scriptures and pretty much the same script, but each year the Spirit of God will uh, bring it down into um, a very right now word for the people that are are listening to it, both in the house and this year outside of the uh, outside of the um, house. So we're trusting God for the work of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that God's word is absolutely eternal? It's what we're going to live out of forever, so you might as well start learning it now. It'll go a long way. It's kind of like your ABCs. You'll use it the rest of your life, amen? Same thing with this. you use this throughout eternity. Uh, aren't you glad it's only 66 volumes, maybe 13, 1,400 pages, and, um, you know, uh, never mind your head. Your head will catch up with your heart. Get it in your heart, and your heart will... You know, your 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 heart will just fountain up that into your head and your mind will get renewed to it. And it's a wonderful thing. Amen. You know, your heart's bigger than your head. I said your heart is bigger than your head. Now, I know a few big heads. How about you? But trust me, your heart's still bigger than your head. All right. Uh, I, you know, this statement for me, um, you know, I, I've had to learn to love the church because I'll tell you, sometimes the church isn't so lovely. I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but you know, I I really I really should write a book say the stuff they don't tell you about church. You know, I mean, and you need to know. Uh, but the truth of it is, is this is uh, you know, uh, Jesus loves his church. Church is his. He purchased the church. He died for the church. He gave himself for the church and showed us the love. And he said this, the love that the Father has for his family. See, church is, is uh, uh, more than just an organization. It is the family of God. So let's uh, read this first scripture, Ephesians two nineteen uh, through 22. And the message Bible says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all irrespective of how we got here in what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation, but now he's using you fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, 
all of us built into it a temple in which God is quite at home. You know, family is the reason for creation. What he's talking about here is that you and I, in, uh, through faith in Jesus Christ, accepting what God did through Jesus, that we become members of God's family. And God is first and foremost a father, his greatest desire. You ever think about what God wants? I know that we are, are you know, I'm, you know, I'm real good at telling. I've got a lot of practice in telling God everything I want. <laughs> but, you know, after a while, you know, when things are kind of strangely silent, you get to thinking, well, I never really have thought about asking him much about what he might want. <clears throat> and God's greatest desire is for a family, always has been. That is why he created the earth and mankind. His desire is so strong that he was willing to give his only son, Jesus. And if we can grasp the heart of a loving father who cherishes his family above all else and will at any cost preserve and protect them, then we are just scratching the surface of the Father's heart for the church. You know, aim for God's heart. I know it's so easy to require God's hand. We need God to do things for us. We want God to do things. We see all the great things that he has done. We, uh, we hear witness of his mighty works and all of that. In there. But remember, all of his hand come is, is in re, it, it, it is simply the extension of his heart. You know, the devil, uh, a lot of times, he'll challenge the heart of God. That's what he challenges most of all. He don't stand a chance against the hand of God. I mean, you just look around. All of creation, God did that. Well, I don't know. Well, look here now. Are you listening? I mean, if you just delved a little bit deep into your own digestive system, down into the way that uh, food is processed through your digestive systems, all the fancy names and amino acids and, you know, the breaking down the, uh, the different proteins and carbohydrates, the assimilation of that through your, out into your uh, bloodstream to, to uh, cells in your body. It is an amazing work beyond explanation of just, you know, somehow some way there was this big bang and an amoeba crawled out of a, a out of a ooze and goose mess and uh, somehow or somewhere that one cell evolved into all of the cells that make up your body i'm in agreement with that praise the lord amen there was this big bang god said light be and it were and god took dust and red clay formed a man Formed a body, stood it up, but it did, listen, it was just dust, dirt, until God breathed life into it. And all of a sudden, all this wonderful, wonderful stuff that is, uh, that makes up your physical body, the nervous system, the, the digestive system, the, all of the, the, you know, the respiratory system, the circulation system there, all of that with one, uh, breath, God created man. And, of course, woman, you know. I remember I have a sign in my office that Miss Sandy bought me. It says, uh, it says, first God created man, then he had a better idea. 
and gave the man a woman. Amen. All right. You girls missed a good place right there. Come on now. You know, God loves us anyway, even if we are old, stingy, stodgy, sourpuss. Smile. It's easier to smile. Your face won't crack. Well, it might. If it ain't used to it. You might strain the muscle, but go ahead. And, you know, it's easier to be happy. Got to really work at being sad and mad, don't we? Let me read this to you, this story. It's a true story. On December 7, 1988, an earthquake devastated the northwest section of Armenia, killing an estimated 25,000 people. In one small town just after the earthquake, a father rushed to his son's school only to find that the school had been flattened. There was no sign of life, but he had no thought of turning back. He often told his son, no matter what, I'll always be there for you when you need me. Though his prospects appeared hopeless, the father began feverishly removing rubble from where he believed his son's classroom had been. Other forlorn parents only wailed hopelessly, my son or my daughter. Some told the father to go home, that there was no chance that any of the children could be alive. Yet he replied, I made my son a promise that I'd be there for him any time he needed me. I must continue to dig. Courageously, he worked alone. No one volunteered to help him. He simply had to know for himself, is my boy alive or is he dead? Finding strength and endurance beyond himself, the faithful, loving father continued to dig for eight hours. 12, 24, 36 hours. Then in the 38th hour, as he heaved away a heavy piece of rubble, he heard voices. Armand, he screamed. The child's voice responded, Dad, it's me, Armand. Then I I told the other kids not to worry. I told them that if you were alive, you'd save me. And when you saved me, they'd be saved. You promised you would always be there for me. You did it, Dad. Moments later, the dad was helping his son Armin and 13 more frightened, hungry, and thirsty boys and girls climb out of the debris, free at last. When the building collapsed, these children had been spared in a tent-like pocket. When the townspeople praised Armin's dad, his explanation was, I promised my son, no matter what, I'd be there for you. The church, this is a wonderful picture of our Father God and His love for us. The church is above all else family. We have organization, programs, and ministries, but they are not why we exist. We exist to be family and to do the will of our Father. Family is who we are. The will of the Father is what we do. We worship, we pray, we learn and grow, we teach, we serve, we give. All of these are expressions of who we are, but they are not. They are not who we are. Family is who we are, the family of God. See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. That's in 1 John 3 and 11. You know, this is a story and an example of how a father fights for his family. 
You know, there's a story of an earthquake, a mighty shaking. You know, we're in a shaking today in our society. We see the results of the crumbling of and destructions of society or social standards, structures and supports, things that have always been or no longer. We're in a time of trouble and turmoil, just like um, this father in this natural story of an earthquake. And, you know, many would even say today, you know, there's no chance, no hope. Just give in and give up. Go home. It's hopeless. You know, this giant shaking, an earthquake seems to be too big. It's too strong. It's too much to overcome. I know you can bring that down personally into your life, uh, but I believe that um, it's greater than that. Uh, the shaking is in the nations of the earth. It's in this nation. It's all the way down to where we live. It's down in your house, in my house. It's close to home. You know, and in the story, there's a statement that says the father worked alone. That no one volunteered to help him. You know, I'm reminded of another story when there was another giant that threatened to destroy the family of God. It was set in the time of Samuel, the prophet, and Saul, the king, in ancient Israel. It's found in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. It says that the Philistines, and they were... They were known as a godless enemy of the nation of Israel. They were a godless enemy of God's people. And so they gathered together in a certain place. And actually, they gathered together in a, uh, um, in a place that, that the Bible specifically says belonged to Judah. It was a place of praise. And they gathered together together. Uh, to battle, and Israel was lined up on one mountain, and the Philistines on another mountain, and the Philistines sent out their champion, a giant, Goliath of Gath was his name, and his message was simply this. <clears throat> he said, who will rule over who? Who will serve who? You send someone out here to meet me. If I kill him, you will serve us. If you kill me, if he kills me, we'll serve you. The Bible says that when Saul and the army and the men of Israel listened to and they heard the giant, they were greatly afraid. One translation says they were terrified and they lost all hope. He came out morning and evening, twice a day, same message, for 40 days. You know, 40 days is a, is a, a, a measurement in the Bible of testing and trial, but also transition and transformation. When God gets ready to change things, it'll always be 40 days. <clears throat> 
So for 40 days, the Bible says the giant presented himself, took his stand and made his speech. Unanswered, there was no one to step forward to meet the giant's challenge. For 40 days, morning and evening, the giant's taunts were unanswered. The Bible says, to the man. Now, this would include King Saul, Abner, his general, all of the leadership within, uh, down through the entire rank of file. To the man, it says, the Israelites, when they heard Goliath, when they heard the giant, when they heard the threat, when they received the intimidation. Are you listening? They fell back, the Bible says, to a man. They were totally frightened and terrified. Now, this is the scenario, and we enter a shepherd boy named David, who is the son of Jesse, who was just simply sent uh, on a father's errand to check on the family, check on his brothers. His brothers were all in the army. So he was sent out just to check on the family. He wasn't sent there. He didn't know anything about Goliath. He didn't know all of, uh, all of that. Jesse didn't send him out to fight. He sent him with cheese and bread. Bring your brothers a snack. See how they're doing. Because I heard there's something going on over there. And I want you to check on the family. So David arrived. And uh, as before... Um, they're all lined up to battle, and Goliath comes out, and he says the same thing he has said for 40 days, that when everyone else heard it, they were stricken with fear. But David wasn't stricken with fear. He was stirred with faith. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that when... Certain things are said or certain things are done. See, it can strike fear in your heart. Or depending on the ears that it falls upon, it stirred faith in this one man's heart. You know, of a special note here, the devil wears people. The devil works through people. And the devil speaks through people. Because words are how things are worked in this world. You'd be careful, Jesus said, about what we listen to. Who we listen to. What and who our source of information is. Because where God is concerned, there's only two sources. Him. And the other one who purports himself to be God. You know what Goliath's challenge was? Who's going to be God here? Who's going to be God? Who's going to be God? I don't want to leave you uh, with, but the devil always has to go first. Because he'll never have the last word. So, and he never got anything original in life. He stole everything he got. So, God wears people. God works through people. 
and God speaks through people. Let me tell you, it all comes, it all happens through people. There's a religious idea that God will do everything all by himself. Well, God stood silent for 40 days because no one would speak up for God from God's side. Until this little guy arrived. What was the difference between him? Well, if you look just in the natural, the brothers that he was checking on had been rejected by God. They were certainly sized up and summed up by Samuel. He said, surely this is the one Eliab. Boy, this is a, this is the cream of the crop. The firstborn, the, the, when Jesse lined up his sons and he went all the way down through all those sons who were out there at the battlefield and uh, he went, Samuel went down through all of those sons, and he said, none of these is it. These are not the ones that God has chosen. He said, do you have any other sons? Now listen, and listen, the one that was discounted was the one that was designated by God. You know, the world has discounted the church. You just go have your little meeting and... Pray to your God and stay out of politics and stay out of education and stay out of banking and stay out of, we'll take care of things and you'll serve us. Well, we did come to serve you. We served, came to serve you up a heap and helping of the love and goodness of God. Amen. But we're not going to stay out of. Are you listening? We're not going to stay silent. See, the lesson here is this. The father fights for his family. In the first story, the father worked alone because no one volunteered to help him. In this story, the message is it doesn't take everyone, but by golly gosh, it do take someone. You missed a good place there. It takes someone. Someone stepped up that was stirred up, that wouldn't run from the battle, but ran to the battle. I wonder if there's someone that stirred up, if there's a some stirred up someone in this, in earshot of this word today. You know, because when they challenged David, and you know, his family challenged him. You'll be challenged if you're going to be uh, anything more than a passive Christian. You'll be challenged if you're going to be a radical, fanatical for God and just believe that every word in this book, God gave it to us. It is a promise that is yes and amen. And we were made for such a time as this to speak up and not shut up, to no longer put up, but to say God is going to have the final word. It is God's kingdom come and God's will be done. Well, God didn't do that all by himself. God had to have a someone that would step up and show up and not put up with it anymore. It was when the, when, when the family challenged him, what, 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 you little pipsqueak runt. That's what, that's, what, that's what his own daddy called him. He said, Samuel said, don't you have another one? Are these it? Because these are not what, the one that God has chosen. He goes, well, 
I kind of discounted him. How could he be the designated one? He's the runt. The little red-haired, ruddy runt. He's out there as the sheep. I mean, he didn't even, it wasn't even important enough. Listen, think about this. You know, some of you have been, you know, discounted, rejected by your father. I mean, think of this. Think of this. You're not even important to, enough to your father to call you in to stand in the lineup of sons. It took God to remind you. I'll tell you what now. You walk with God. You know, what makes a difference? If God chose you, who can oppose you? If God chose you, who can oppose you? If God puts his anointing on you, puts his blessing on you, puts himself on top of you, who is going to discount you? Who's going to keep you from rising? And this is where this little fella had no idea, none whatsoever. You know, I mean, he got oil got poured on him. He went back to singing his songs and playing his harp, watching the sheep. But when the bear and the lion came up, something came up within him and something rose up in him. And I'm sure it shocked and surprised him. But when he got to this where he heard what Goliath was saying, when it came time, listen, to, when it came time, when it was a national thing. And I'm telling you right now, the church is in a national thing. This is no more that you can hide behind your door and say, me and my four and no more. It's time not to step back and hide in your tent, frightened and intimidated with fear. It's time to step up into the national light, into the national headline. Are you listening? And rise up and extend the rule and reign of God and be a kingdom person. He was anointed to be, to be the king and bring the kingdom. And boy, I'm going to tell you what now. Sometimes it just boils down to your, you doing what you do. You do you. Are you listening? Listen, the you that God made you. Not just the normal, natural you, but the you that God made you. Boy, this little fellow, they said, you know, what in the world are you, you know, you just came out here, la, 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 na, 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 just shut up and be still and be a scaredy cat just like the rest of us. Don't you dare. And he said, listen, isn't there a cause? See, I tell you, as a young man, man, that one verse of scripture, that one little phrase out of the old King James Bible says, is there not a cause? Something ignited on the inside of me. There is a God that loved me, that caused Jesus to die on a cross for me. There is a God that gave all for me. And when I found that out and I let him be my God, I had to turn around and say, is there not a cause for me to give my all for him? That when he needs me, won't I be there for him? If I expect him to be there for me, what am I going to give him in return? Won't I be there for him when he needs me? Oh, I wonder if there's any stirred up someone in this house today. There is a cause. Is there any who realize that the God-defying giants, are you listening? That the God-defying giants, the godless, mocking scoffers that are pointing at you and saying you're powerless are really declaring to God you can't do nothing. You're irrelevant. Matter of fact, you are not even necessary. 
The abortion clinic can stay open. The liquor store can stay open. But church can't stay open. Come on, some. This little fella realized he said this now. Now he stopped talking to those, the naysayers. The way, the way goers. See, who run and hide. When they should be being strong in the Lord and making a stand and having done all the stand, stand there for. Boy, I thought about old, uh, you know, uh, that Eleazar or whatever his name was, you know, son of Dodo, uh, you know, it didn't really matter. He wasn't really a well-known, but he was—he had his little day in the glory of God. He had a little bead patch. He had a little pea patch, purple whole peas in the south. Amen. Dreaming of cornbread. And wait, you know, the devil waits until it's harvest time. When the devil, he'll wait till it's harvest time to attack. How you know it's harvest time is the devil will come to get your stuff. And every, the Bible says that all of Israel ran when the Philistines come over the hill. And this boy had his old sword. He got two hands on it. And I mean, I'm telling you, you ever seen somebody that ain't got nothing to lose? That has just decided, listen, if I go down, I'm going down. Some of you are going down with me. Understand? I mean, you get that look in your eye, that crazy kind of faith in your eye. And here's that old boy. I mean, I love this stuff. I just feel like it makes me. I, I, I know some people get really upset when the devil comes a running, but something stirs up on the inside of me. I, I, I just, it, I never feel more alive than when he's coming over the hill and I go, you want some of this? You come get it because I already done you one time with a bear. I done you with a lion and you're not going to have my stuff. Are you listening? I mean, that boy's just a swinging, and I think when he started swinging that the Lord got a hold of him. <laughs> I think he already started doing a little victory dance beforehand. The whirling sword vance of God's vengeance wrecked on the, wrecked on the heathen kings to put them down and in their place. He started swinging that sword and said, come on, boys, come get you some. Come on and get you some, because I feel something. You're about to feel the end of this thing, and and I mean, the Bible says, boy, everybody else ran. One old man out there in the middle of his pea patch saying, come get it. You're going to have to take it, though. You better be ready for it because I'm not going to give it up easy. Oh, Lord, there's too many little passive pansy. Uh, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> Fallen back folk today. I mean, there needs to be some Eleazar's of Dodo, sons of Dodo's. There needs to be some little David Runt, ruddy, red-haired, forgotten, listen, discounted, des but designated by God. David's that when they hear the threat, that something rises up on the inside of them, that volunteer voluntarily, that the greater one who's on the inside of them begins to move and say, listen, David, turn from the naysayers. You got to, listen, you can't pay attention to those that are running from if you're going to run to it. You can't go to those that are gone down already. If you're going to rise up, you might have to just do it all by yourself, but you're not going to be by yourself. I mean, this little boy, he turned himself away from those that said you can't do it, including Saul. You're just a boy. 
You're just to run. This man's been a fighting man from his youth, and he's a giant. David said, yeah, and he's an uncircumcised Philistine pig. And I'm going to put him in his place because who is he to defy the armies of the living God? Now this boy knew that the armies of the living God are not just relegated to natural men. I'm telling you there is the Lord of the angel armies. There is a God that Jesus said, don't you know right now, I am a king of a kingdom and I could call my followers to fight for me. And you need to understand it's not just 12 men in a little garden, one of them a devil just 11 me and 11 more I can call right now 80,000 angels to my rescue oh you're not who you think you are honey you got more for you than you got against you you need to have your eyes opened up that there is a God who has surrounded the United States of America there is a God who has surrounded his people his remnant church there is a God that this little boy something rose up on the inside of him because something had been put on him And something has been put on you by the one who's on the inside of you. He's called the mighty spirit of the living God. And he turned from those that were not in agreement and he turned to face it. Listen, you don't even sometimes know who your friends or who your foes are, but I'll tell you, you better leave doubt and unbelief behind. You better leave cowardice and fear behind if you're going to do battle with God. He turned to that giant. He said, now let me tell you something. Because the giant sneered at him. He said, why you little. See, the, 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 our culture thinks the church is just a little. Just a little thing. Going to give you a little room. Did you know they're trying to take what little bit they're allowing you? They allow you your little, your little Sunday, maybe even Wednesday night. They'll allow you a little bit. But now, see, they want to take even that away from you. Enough, enough, enough. My words just aren't going to go out. Are you listening inside of these four walls? My words are going to be God's words, and they're going to run swiftly in the earth and accomplish what he wants for them. Are you listening? The voice of the Lord is about to rise. He's about to raise his voice, and it will be the sound of many waters, a thunderous thing in the earth. No, David turned to Goliath, and Goliath had said, I'm going to... I'm going to make buzzard bait out of you, boy. I'm going to feed your carcass to the carrion birds. Buzzard bait, boy, that's what you are. David said, let me tell you something, big boy. And, and listen, and he wasn't just talking. It says he broke from the, the rank and file of the front line that wouldn't move. Said he broke rank. And he started singing and swinging. Bible says he went down to the brook, picked out five smooth stones. What legend has it that Goliath had four brothers? I don't know about that. I think five's the number of grace. I think the boy intended to hit him and hit him and hit him and hit him and hit him. Are you listening? With the grace of God that was on him until he was down, dead, done. He started talking. See, because the devil always gets his say-so first. I'm going to make buzz a beat out of you, boy. 
your insult to me. You send a kid out here. I want to kill the kid, but I'm going to kill the kid. See, the devil don't mind killing babies. As long as the church will put up with it. I think God's done with it. I said, I think God's done with it. Now, I don't suggest that you and I do with it if God's done with it. Anyhow, he started talking. Because you've got to talk to stuff. Words are what work. He said, now, all you got is your spear and your sword. But I got the name. I've got the name. And I'm coming at you with the name. And the Bible says he started running. Not from, but to. And listen. And know like the father who started digging. And everybody else said give up and go home. They're just standing there. Well, I wonder what's going to happen. You know, there are the I wonder what's going to happen folks. I'm probably off the camera. Sorry guys. Uh, (laughs) And then there are the folks that know what God's doing. And they, together with God, make some things happen. Well, you know the rest of the story. God always wins. Doesn't matter how impossible the situation. And, and listen, and he doesn't need everyone, but he does need someone. That's the lesson. A father fights for his family. Doesn't run from the fight, he runs to the fight. And there's a fight going on right now. It's not natural. There's something beyond that. There is a cause on both sides. If it's not plain, the difference between darkness and light, between good and evil today, I do not know at at any other time in history that it would be any more plain. I do know this, that it's very possible, just like the Galatians, where Paul asked him, he said, who has bewitched you? A religious spirit that says God's going to do this all by himself. That I'm just waiting for the first ship out of here. I'm going to miss all the trouble. That's not what this story was. In either case, trouble came. I promised my son, no matter what, I would be there for him. I would do whatever it takes to overcome whatever comes. I wonder if there's any who realize I wonder if there's any who realize just like the scripture Like David said, 
the battle is the Lord's. But he was someone who knew he had to throw the stone. He knew God had to use someone. And he chose to be the one. This is a story about the father's love for his family. What about the family's love for the father? Jesus fought for the family of God. I love my church. I wonder, will the family fight for the who God loves? The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Is there anyone... Listen to me, is there anyone who realized that there is a cause and that cause is greater than anything else in this world or the world to come? No matter what, the Father promised to always be there when you and when I need him. Let me ask you, will you be there for the Father when he needs you? I believe that for such a time as this, that we need to step up for the king and for his kingdom. The prayer that he taught us to pray was this. It was a declaration, just like David declared. This is what you say, but this is what I'm telling you. The king declaring a decree, even in his youth, but anointed to be and appointed, designated by God, discounted by men, but the Lord, but God. See, kingdom come is will be done. Somebody's got to do the will of God. We can't just hear a word and not do a word. We are for the king and for his kingdom for such a time as this. Now, just like Esther, that quote is taken out of the book of Esther. And her uncle Mordecai said this. She said, I can't because it'll cost me too much. I fear for my own self. And he said, Esther, he said, make no mistake about it. Deliverance will come for the people of God. But this destruction will visit you if you don't speak up. You were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. And if you don't speak up, understand, deliverance will come another way. But destruction will come to you. We're in that type day. You can't just stay home. You can't stay home from church. Are you listening? From being the church, not just doing church. This has been a year of decision where people have decided. And those destinies have been decided. I mean, everyone's gone to their own measure. If a little dab will do you, that's all there is. That's the do you. Amen? See, but if you're all in, you're just all in, aren't you? And it don't take everyone, but it do take someone. God has to have a someone. We've asked you to do your 
uh, to do your uh, homework. I'll remind you of that. Don't stay home. The government of God, the kingdom of God, the extension of his rule in America, go vote. If all the Christians would vote, we would never have any problems in this, uh, in this country. If Christians would vote kingdom. Now, now, you know, I'm not telling you one way or the other. Your homework is to, you know, know the king and know the kingdom. Know what the will of God is, is where that is concerned. Amen? But it's not a time to be a spectator. It's time to be a participator. When you're on your job, when you're at the family table, speak up for God. Don't just cow down and, and, you know, say nothing. Fall back in fear. Stay in your nice little circle. We know you're a Christian, but now we don't do that God stuff. Well, I do. I do. Amen. Hallelujah. You invited me to Thanksgiving dinner. You knew I was going to be here. You knew... That, you know, I'm thankful. And I'm going to tell you who and what I'm thankful for. I don't want to offend you. But now, you know, uh, you don't have to listen to me if you don't want to. But I sure am going to say, thank you, Jesus. That's like going to the restaurant, you know, and just, you know, quietly, you know. Hallelujah. (laughs) No, give thanks to God in public. Glory to God. I'm getting way down all up in the middle of your business here today. Let me ask you this. Will you fall back or will you step? Will you fall back in fear or step forward in faith? Because I believe that it's for such a time uh, as this. Yes, the battle belongs to the Lord, but God has to have someone to throw the stone. Perhaps you're here listening this today, either near or far, that you need to step out of the dark and into God's light. You need to come to Jesus, make that step of faith in Jesus Christ today. Pastor Ron's going to come. Let me ask you, is there not a cause, a greater purpose for you than just you, yourself, and you're for no more, you your, just your own happiness. What about what makes God happy? Let me ask you, will you be the one that God's looking to? I know you're the one that God's looking for. Well, can God look to you to use you for His glory? to tell his story. You know, let's pray a simple prayer with one another. And I, we really have to, it's a heart thing. For it's ever on the outside, it's on the inside. I've seen lots and lots of folks come emotionally moved. And I'm not saying that we won't have feelings or, or be emotional about it, but Faith and feelings sometimes are so very, very far apart. One is fickle and you can't depend on it all. The other one is absolutely solid and you can depend on that. It's a simple decision. It is a choice to believe. What God has said 
And then faith will come. The empowerment to become, to do what we believe will come after the decision to do it, to choose it for yourself. So I'm going to ask you to make a decision for Jesus today. He's already decided on you. There's room for you in Father's house. You're incorporated in it. He purposed you and planned you. Make no mistake about it for just such a time as this. I'll tell you the world, you can look out there and you can see the answers they have for you. Confusion, delusion, chaos. Those things are only going to get worse and worse. The Bible says that evil men will will grow worse and worse. But we have a little window here. We have a little opportunity here. It's like, you know, I can't tell you the number of times I've been in the hayfield or I've been on a project and the storm clouds gathered and you could hear the thunder rolling in the distance and see the lightning and say, we pray a little prayer and say, God, hold off just a little while. Hold off just a little while longer till we get this harvest up till we accomplish and complete the assignment and the task that you've given us to do. It matters. Give us good success. I'll tell you, we're not going to be able to stop the storms that are coming. We're not going to be able to stop the trouble that is going to eventually engulf this world. But we can pray right now We can ask the Father for an extension of mercy and a little more time. And let me boil it down to where you live. You've asked God again and again to say, well, someday, at some time, I'm really going to do this thing. I really do believe that there is a God. I do believe that I should follow him. Let me encourage you. At some point in time, the extensions run out and it's the day called today. And today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Let today be the day of salvation. Salvation is simply easy. It's a test of trust. Like Goliath said, are you listening to the to the the question that's being poised posed in the world today? Who's going to be God? And depending on who's God, that's who you're going to serve. Because you can't serve God and the other God. If God be God, serve Him. And I'll tell you, I believe that He is. And if you choose to believe that He is, we'll pray this simple prayer together. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior today. Here and now, I give you my, my heart. I offer you my life. Take it and use me for your greater purpose. 
and for your great glory. And I thank you for that. Amen. Now, if you meant that prayer, God will do what he promised to do. As you do what he asks you to do, which is trust him. Lean not to your own understanding, but trust the Lord with all of your heart. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. From now on, God's involved. From now on, I'm not all by myself. God's with me, and I'm with God. From now on, I walk not alone. I volunteered to help him, and I know he's helping me. I want to congratulate you. That's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. And I want to challenge you, church. Now, listen, it's time to arise and to shine. You need to let your light shine. God's sending you out into the darkness, and it's dark out there, but you need to shine. You need to shine for Jesus. You need to shine your light. Speak up. When he stirs you up, speak up. Don't run from it. Run to it. Be strong in the Lord. Having done everything to stand, stand therefore and stand for God. And I'll tell you, you'll find that God will uphold you. God is looking for people that will run to the trouble. People that won't give up. People that will not stop. I charge you in the name of Jesus. Just do what he tells you to do and everything will be all right. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad that you uh, were uh, here with us. I apologize for maybe getting a little off script and a little off the camera, but we weren't very far. We hopefully came back again. Help us, uh, uh, help us get the better camera and probably be a little wider shot or it can follow you. Amen. And you won't miss a thing, but we sure do appreciate it. God love you. Listen, if you gave your heart to Jesus today, listen, contact us. Let us know. Uh, come on uh, and join this family. Uh, we'll be a family to you and uh, teach you about God, help you to know God, and then certainly help you to make him known. God bless you until the next time. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.